Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about upcoming events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. I am so excited that you are here. I know we tell you that every year, but I save up everything I want to say to you for 12 months. So it like bubbles up out of me. I cannot wait to spend this evening with you. So thank you. And all day long, all week long, I've been praying for you and praying about this event. And the Lord just keeps saying to me, there's going to be two rooms full of people that aren't afraid of a fight. And I am so honored to be here with you tonight. Um, I have several things that I want to be sure and cover, and we are so blessed. I know that you know that, but we live in a community that comes together and supports things that honor God. And that is not true in every place across this country, but it is true about our community. And I am thankful for you, and I am thankful for the body of Christ that exists in the panhandle of Texas. There are almost 1,200 of you in here, and then in the North Exhibit Hall, there are almost 400 incredible folks as well. So I have asked the Lord to make this a seamless connection for the night, uh, because we are one unified body, and I am so thankful that you're here. I am always very excited to bring you up to speed on where we're headed Because of you and your support, the favor and the influence that comes only from the Lord, we are doing the very best that we can to listen for his voice and his direction and to do exactly what he asks us to do. We're committed to continue to do everything that he calls us to do with excellence. And you'll remember that last year we concluded the event committed to singing a little louder as we continue to climb higher in our pursuit of a deeper relationship with the Lord and to bring the next generation with us. What happened last year at this banquet was nothing short of miraculous. We had a record number of attendants. We far surpassed the capacity of this room and we filled the second room to capacity. And we asked you for something crazy. And it was actually, I almost said, I don't know what came over me, but it was the Lord and Justin Howe. Um, But we asked you for a million dollars. Before that, the most we had ever raised at a banquet was just under half a million dollars. And so we asked you last year and we said, we believe that the Lord's calling us to do some bigger things. And it's going to take some bigger support. And I'll be darned. If you guys did not raise well over a million dollars last year. Well, I am and have been overwhelmed for the last 12 months with gratitude for you. And we as a ministry are humbled beyond words by the partnership that we have with this community. But please hear me say that we do not take your prayers and support lightly. And we are committed to steward your dollars in such a way that together we will leave a mark and we will make an impact for the kingdom. The Lord is also opening doors for us to expand ministry into other communities across the state and even the country. And we are on the brink of something huge. So for tonight, let's go.
And that's going to be our battle cry for this evening. Let's go. I don't know how many of you have felt at times recently just a little bit overwhelmed about it with everything that's going on in your life personally. And I believe that even the attack of the enemy, he's kind of upped his game um, in these last days. But what I want to encourage you in is that we are not those who shrink back in fear. And we are not overcome. Let's go. Let's do what he's called us to do. So some of the things that because we're keeping our word to you and you supported us so well last year, the Lord has blessed us and we are now singing a little louder in Wyoming. As of 2020, our fourth satellite office is located in Pinedale, Wyoming. And we are so excited to partner with this incredible group there. They have a vision to reach more students and young people and to avoid people coming in for unplanned pregnancies. And we are committed to come alongside of them. So our newest branch, Hope Choice Pondale, is up and running. We have also grown and are beginning to offer mentoring programs in College Station. Uh, praise the Lord. I'm so excited about that. I know these two kids down there that I can put a lot of pressure on. So we've got some connections, but there are two other young ladies that actually have been members of our Pearls program. They started a student organization at Texas A&M, and they mentor kids in middle and high schools using our curriculum. We have also done a mother-daughter retreat and a rescue parenting event in College Station, and we'll be doing another event there this spring. So many of us are moved by what this ministry stands for, and we are outraged by many decisions that take place in our country. The culture is ravaged with immorality, perversion, and chaos, and the enemy has established a stronghold. He has created for himself high places where he desires and receives worship. And I know that some of you here tonight, you're here because you're ready to take a stand and to say no more. Last year, the theme verse was Hebrews 10:39, and the Passion Translation says it this way. We are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. Since last year's banquet and over the course of this year, as we have seen the Lord do incredible things, and we have not in any way been held back by fear. However, I have had many conversations with the Lord about how to practically do that, to move forward in faith as a ministry when you're overwhelmed, tired, and at least thinking about being a little afraid. But time and again, the Lord has reminded me that to move forward in faith, to not be one who shrinks back in fear, and to take the fight to the enemy, to do that, we have to remind ourselves of who he is. Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and give him thanks. Bless his name. 
For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Enter his courts with thanksgiving and his gates with praise. Philippians says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. And in Hebrews, it says, approach the throne of God with confidence so that you may receive mercy and find grace in your time of need. Come boldly. Come boldly before the Ancient of Days, the King of Kings, the Lion of Judah, the Alpha and Omega, the God who is love and truth, our Defender, Provider, and our Peace. Come boldly before our God. That is who we serve. And when we remember who He is, then fear of being who He has called us to be pales in comparison. Tonight, I want us to begin in the way that I try to begin every day, and that's reminding us of who it is that we serve and how great and loving and powerful and truly awesome he is, not for his benefit, but for ours. I certainly need to remind myself of his character and strength, and I need his peace to constantly guard my heart because I am also reminded every day that we are in a battle, whether we want to be or not. I want to remind us, the leaders, the mentors, the parents, those of us who are like Caleb and Joshua, ushering in the next generation into the promised land, I want to remind you that we are in a battle and you have no choice but to fight. You have no choice but to fight. Because the enemy doesn't play nice. He will not leave you and your family alone if you leave him alone. He won't take it easy on you because he understands that raising teenagers is hard. Or because you simply stand idly by, lay down your weapons, and watch the battle rage around you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will fight or we will be destroyed. Interesting. The word describes weapons of our warfare. The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony overcomes the enemy. God's word is the sword of the spirit and our children are arrows in our hand. We have not been left ill-equipped or unprepared, but fight we will or simply be overcome. But make no mistake, our children are standing on the very same battlefield and they are watching us. Let's go. The Lord has placed in the very heart of all of us a quest, a battle to fight, and an adventure to live. Some of us may have forgotten, but tonight I want you to listen to the Lord as he whispers into your very being and reminds you of those adventures that he placed in your heart and the battles that he has called you to win. Our young people, our children, the next generation, they haven't yet forgotten. It is that thirst for thrill and adventure in their heart that brings worry and angst to the hearts of their moms and dads. 
In the early years, they like to climb and jump, and then they want to ride their bikes super fast before they know how to stop. And then they want to wrestle the neighbor's dog and see how many shots with the BB gun Johnny can take. And then as they get a little older, they want to be a superhero, hit the furthest, run the fastest, and conquer the newest video game. And then they want to conquer the prettiest girl or guy in the fastest car and prove to the coach that he can lead his team. Thrill, adventure, eternity. Judges chapter 2 says, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their forefathers did. The Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive them out at once by giving them into the hands of Joshua. These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not yet had the previous battle experience. Don't you love that? That we have a father who can fight all of our battles and win. We have a father that can meet all of our needs and provide all of our desires. A father who could make the path smooth and easy for us, never allowing us to stumble or requiring us to break a sweat. He could, but he doesn't. He says things like, I did this only to teach warfare to the descendants who had not had previous battle experience. Or my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I love that about God. The fullness of life is to experience the joys and elation of the mountaintops to experience the peace and rest and leisure of the meadow. But the fullness of life is to experience the sweat on your face as you run a race with zeal and passion. The fullness of life is to weep from the depths of your soul out of compassion for hurting people. The fullness of life is to know the joy of victory, but to know the joy of victory. You must first take up your sword and fight. You see, God could have chosen a safe life for us and for our children, an existence where they never got sweaty palms striking out at the plate, a childhood that didn't include skinned knees or bloody noses or broken hearts. He could have provided them teenage years free of failure and problems. It would have lacked adventure, but we would have slept easier and it would have been safe. Though we often jokingly say that's the life we would prefer, we don't mean it. We wouldn't rob our children or ourselves of adventure, an adventure doing and being exactly who he's called you to be. These are the nations the Lord left to test those who had not experienced any wars. Make no mistake, there are giants in the land and battles to fight. So let's go. Our first weapon is the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And it overcomes the enemy every time. Over the past 32 years, Hope Choice has touched, I'm going to say this number right, 
195,704 clients through Pregnancy Center Services alone. Last year, we served over 10,000 clients coming into the center for classes, programs, and services offered in our buildings. Our ministry is threefold. We serve men and women and teens and families before they find themselves in a crisis or unplanned pregnancy. We minister to people in the midst of their crisis, and then we continue to journey with them following that situation. All of our services are free, and all of our services are confidential. We don't receive any state or federal funding. All of our support comes from individuals and churches and a few private grants. That's a decision that we made a long time ago. And we have never wavered because we are committed to offer Christ to every person who comes through our doors. Because he is always the answer. And last year, 78 people made a decision to receive Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior. <clears throat> Something that does bring tears to my eyes is that 1,600 of you are here tonight. And we know that our ministry is controversial. A community can agree that we should help the homeless and the underprivileged, and we should. But not everyone agrees with our mission. Sharing the love of Christ first and without apology. Being unapologetically pro-life. <clears throat> Supporting and encouraging young people to choose purity, which they do still do. Amen, yes. And raising a generation of strong, committed believers who will change their world. And make no mistake, I understand that that can be controversial. But I want to make it as clear as I can state it. We stand firmly on the side of the word of the Lord, on the side of life, on the side of purity, and on the side of equipping the next generation. And we won't apologize. You may remember that at last year's banquet, we discussed that the Virginia governor, Ralph Northam, who is a pediatric neurologist, when asked what he thought about allowing abortion, even once labor and dilation had begun, he said, Decisions such as this should be made by providers and the mother. When we talk about third trimester abortions, these are done with the consent of the mother and the physician. If a mother was in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered and the infant would be kept comfortable and then a discussion would happen between the physician and the mother. About what? what to do with this born, living, newborn child. We know what Colorado decided to do. They just passed legislation that rejected a bill that would have granted legal protection for a baby born alive 
after an abortion. Now we're in the thick of the presidential primaries, and I would love to share some comments with you from a few of those who are running. This was in an article in the National Review. Bernie Sanders says, I think being pro-choice is an absolutely essential part of being a Democrat. By this time in history, when we talk about the Democrat or what a Democrat is, I think being pro-choice is an essential part of that. Pete Buttigieg, the mayor is pro-choice and trusts women to make their own health care decisions. He also recognizes the harm in having men legislate women's bodies. In an article by Vox, Senator Amy Klobuchar says, I believe in Roe v. Wade, but I think overall what we want to do is make sure women have the right to make their own decisions. Senator Elizabeth Warren, we must build a future that protects the right of all women to have children, the right of all women to not have children, and the right to bring children up in a safe and healthy environment. Well, I'm a woman, and nobody made me have children. And we are not talking about women's health care. We are talking about life and death for babies. <clears throat> there are seven countries in the world that allow abortion on babies 20 weeks or more. Three of them are China, North Korea, and the United States. This is my... I'm going to just read what I have written on this paper. <laughs> Princeton University bioethicist Peter Singer insists that late-stage fetuses and newborns, though they look human, they lack the mental awareness to be considered persons. Singer says killing a newborn baby is never equivalent to killing a person. Killing a newborn baby is never equivalent to killing a person. He has even asserted that parents should be allowed to take the life of their child until it is humanized, which can be several months after birth. And he is at Princeton University. Though some states have limited abortion and banned certain procedures, abortion has been legal in the United States throughout all nine months of pregnancy for any reason since 1973. There are at least 12,000 late-term abortions performed in the United States every year. Any condition after viability, which is 25 weeks, but babies live younger than that, that could truly jeopardize the life of the mother would be handled more humanely for the baby and safer for the mother to simply deliver the baby and use all of the resources available to give that child its best chance of life. 75% of babies born after 25 weeks survive, and over 60% of those with no lasting physical complications. I want to read you a quote from President Trump's State of the Union address. Born at just 21 weeks and six days and weighing less than a pound, Ellie Schneider was a born fighter. Through the skill of her doctors and the prayers of her parents, little Ellie kept on winning the battle of life, and today Ellie is a strong, healthy two-year-old girl. Ellie reminds us that every child is a miracle of life, 
And thanks to modern medical wonders, 50% of very premature babies delivered at the hospital where Ellie was born now survive. Our goal should be to ensure that every baby has the best chance to thrive and grow just like Ellie. That is why I am also asking Congress to pass legislation finally banning the late-term abortion of babies. Whether we are Republican, Democrat, or Independent, surely we must all agree that every human life is a sacred gift from God. And the pro-choice, yes. The pro-choice members of Congress stayed seated and silent. But they did stand and clap for a few statements that followed. To protect the environment, days ago I announced that the United States will join the One Trillion Trees Initiative. Invest in new roads, bridges, and tunnels all across the land. And I'm also committed to ensuring that every citizen can have access to high-speed internet. And all of those pro-choice members stood and clapped for trees and bridges and internet. But there is something missing in the soul of people who would proudly endorse taking the life of an innocent baby who would live. I pray that the laws change, but I will tell you that where we win this one is one heart at a time. And the first weapon of our warfare is the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And life is valuable, precious, and only given by God. As I've told you before, the arguments that we hear at the Pregnancy Center do not sound anything like what you hear on television. I have worked in this ministry for many years, and thousands of pregnant women considering, considering abortion, and none of them have ever said to me, you know, this is my right as a woman. You cannot legislate morality, and you should stay out of my bedroom. But they say things like, my parents are going to kick me out. I don't have any other option. My boyfriend's going to break up with me or I'll lose my scholarship. We, in those moments, have the honor of watching as the blood of the lamb rushes in and women find forgiveness and love and hope and a beautiful testimony is only just beginning. In 2019 alone, 859 pregnant women came through our doors seeking an abortion. And of those, 849 chose life. That's 98.8% had a change of heart. Everyone has a testimony, and I wonder what yours would be. All of us have a story unique to only us, yet parts of our stories we all have in common. As you think back on your story and I on mine, I'm sure that you see moments of laughter and tragedy. 
You see times when the good guy won and times when the most innocent was hurt. You see days that you hoped would last forever and moments you'd rather forget. And you see times when you were a good friend and times that you wish for a 60-second do-over. You see victories and times when you felt you could overcome anything. And you see failures, times you hope to keep hidden in the shadows of years long past. And all of these moments and memories intertwine with each other to create your one-of-a-kind story. But no one has a perfect story or a perfect life. However, your testimony, your life, becomes a weapon when you find your voice. Revelations 12:11 says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.